Gentle Persons, Randall Boggs, and Lightning McQueen. The audio presentation you are about to enjoy discusses casino gambling. Please do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or need to pay bills. The past performances of our host and his guests are not indicative of anyone's future results. If you feel you may have a gambling problem, please contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know how to contact your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything our host shares with you in this podcast is based on factual events. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a revolutionary and evolutionary intellect in all aspects of casino gambling. Episode 76 of our Casino Combat Podcast is being recorded live without a studio audience in Parts Unknown. Welcome everyone, welcome. If you have been here before and came back for more, I'm so grateful to know you found value in this random corner of the internet. If this is your first time, thanks for giving things a try. We discuss beating the casino at the game of casino gambling. We spell lots of things with a K, and episode 22 tells you about the games hidden in the podcast. Understandably, given the time of year, things are pretty quiet in the Casino Combat Galaxy right now. So, let's just lay out the battle plan for this episode and jump right into what we're going to talk about today. Today, I'm going to take a more advanced and nuanced look at the application of a couple of the core concepts of Casino Combat. Then, we will do a travel segment. Actually, we really aren't going to do a travel segment. I didn't travel anywhere this week since I'm getting ready to do a lot of traveling over the next couple weeks. However, I did do a fair amount of gambling, so instead of calling it a travel segment, I'm going to call it a results segment because that's the important part of that segment each week. The results of the casino combat we did, or in this case, that I did. Finally, in the virtual VIP lounge today, I will be joined by author Charlie Frere. Charlie wrote an excellent book on casino gambling called Casino Fun 101. And as I was reading the book, I found several areas where it seemed like Charlie and I see things a bit differently. So in the virtual VIP lounge today, we're going to have a conversation and discuss some of those ideas. That's it, squad. Simple battle plan for episode 76. Let's get started and discuss some core concepts. Allow me to quickly run through the core concepts of Casino Combat. If you're new to the podcast, both concepts and combat are spelled with a K. So here they are, just as presented in episodes 1 and 2, way, 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 way so long ago. Learn a game or a wager with a minimum house advantage. Learn a betting strategy that includes both progressive and regressive components. Have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is large enough for the size bets you choose to make. Get a player's card from the casino. Have the discipline to win a set small amount of money and leave, or lose a small amount and leave. In the end, try to win the month, not the day. If you lose the month, make it up with comps and gifts from the casino. I'm still happy with those. They've, they've aged well. And by the way, if you go to the Casino Combat uh, YouTube page, you will find a playlist there called Boot Camp and In Boot Camp, spelled with a K, of course, as always. You will find all of these core concepts broken down into short 10 to 15 minute lessons. No jokes, no stories, just teaching these core concepts. 
you can uh, learn the fundamentals, as I call it, of good casino gambling in less than 90 minutes using that playlist. So, good opportunity to remind you about that. I wrote those core concepts, though, with the assumption that if this podcast found an audience, it would be an audience of people fairly new to gambling. I know now that an audience for this podcast does exist and that many listeners are new to gambling, or at least new to the idea of gambling for a profit, not for entertainment. But I'm also consistently humbled to learn that people with years of gambling experience also find value in listening to the podcast. Given how many of you do understand gambling at an elevated level, I want to discuss a couple of these core concepts today in a more advanced or nuanced way, show you a different way to kind of look at some of these core concepts. I wanted to dig into bankroll and wager size and the idea of the discipline to win a set small amount of money and leave. Let me set the table a bit first. Uh, Often I've got to tell the story to get to the story about the story I'm going to tell. That's somewhat on brand for me. So let me set the table, as I said, for this, and then we'll get to the main idea. Like many gamblers I know, the fantasy goal for me, the win the lottery goal for me, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow with a unicorn sitting on top of it kind of goal for me, is to consistently win money at a casino each day. To very literally be a professional gambler. That's difficult. Maybe that's impossible for most of us. I know I'm not there yet. I can't do that. I can't consistently walk in every single time and win money. I consider myself a semi-professional gambler at best. If I had to rely solely, only on gambling to pay my bills week in and week out, day in and day out, I, I can't do that. You know, we mean we need Mrs. TRG's teaching income. We need my income from my consulting business. We can't just pay our bills with gambling at the moment. I've created a process and a definition of winning that allows me to enjoy living in casinos a significant portion of each month. But if I had to rely, as I said, on my gambling to pay all my bills, I couldn't do that consistently every month at this point, which is fine. I like my consulting customers. I'm good at helping them implement technology in their businesses. Being self-employed allows time for other things that I care about. But the quest of a big part of my life has been to be able to walk into a casino and consistently win a day's pay and walk out almost every single day. Last week, Gabriel and I went to a distillery near my local casino for some smoky bourbons and holiday cheer. When we went back to the casino, I joined him at the crafts table to be social and hang out. And I also had some new ideas related to how much I wanted to win from each wager, how much risk I wanted to take, and the size win I would accept as a positive exit point that I wanted to try. A new variation on what I'd been doing. We had a great time playing crafts together, but Gabriel didn't agree with many, many, many of the decisions I was making at the table. I didn't leave my bets up long enough from his point of view. I didn't take odds when he felt I should. And in the big reveal of the day, when I left, having won 20% of my buy-in, he said, that isn't enough. I can't win just that amount of money and leave. I need to win more than that. And I told him I'd be around the casino for a while. That was enough of a win at a craps table for me. I consistently lose money at craps when I try to use the same positive exit I use when I play blackjack or baccarat. That conversation with Gabriel got me thinking about what winning a small set amount means, which led to a conversation with my youngest son, the young squire, about risk and repeatable wins. And for someone who rarely gambles and isn't really interested in gambling, the young squire's comprehension of the math and the techniques involved in good gambling is really pretty amazing. He is one of the sharpest gambling minds I know probably because he's been discussing gambling with me since he was roughly 12 years old, roughly half of his life at this point. The Young Squire is one of the few people who can finish my sentences when we discuss new ideas or new concepts. 
All right, that's a lot of setup and background. That's the story to get to the story. <laughs> so where does all that leave me? How does that relate to today's topic? How does it have anything to do with all of you? It does, I promise. I'm, I'm playing with a couple ideas in this mental space right now, and that's what I wanted to talk about. My quest is to consistently win a day's pay. It's actually right there in the core concepts, just without the word quest. Win a small set amount and leave the casino. What if I apply the other core concepts, having a bankroll of money large enough for the wager I'm choosing to make, and work backwards to those numbers from the small set amount I want to win? What if I start with the day's pay figure and then figure out the size of the wager I need to make to easily win that amount of money quickly? That's one of the things my son and I have been kicking around. It's something I've started tracking as an additional data item in my app that tracks my casino results. The question that he and I want to answer is this. How often at a blackjack table do I have a moment in time where I'm ahead one unit? Even if I go on to leave the table having lost money. The idea here is that if 95% of the time there is a moment where I am ahead one unit, and 5% of the time I leave the table losing 7 units before winning 1 unit, then after 100 tables I will have won 95 units and lost 21 units for a net win of 74 units per 100 tries. If we assume I can easily play at my local casino 5 days a week, since these will be mostly very short sessions, they won't take a lot of time, that means 100 tries is five months of real time. Now the math gets easy, right? Now the math gets really easy. I want to earn a day's pay each of those days that I gamble, win or lose over the course of the 100 tries. So 100 times a day's pay. Let's say I want to earn $100 a day from gambling. That's $10,000 that I want to earn after 100 tries. I'm going to win 74 units over those 100 tries, so I divide 10,000 by 74. That's $135 and 13.51.35. Call it $136. If I can win one unit at 95% of the tables I sit at, and I set the unit size at $136 and the table buy-in amount at $1,360, all I need is discipline. The discipline to walk into my local casino, buy-in for $1,360, use TRG Wagering Strategy 2, always be grinding to play until I'm up one unit and walk away. Often I would play less than five hands. Sometimes I'd only play one hand. But the great part is that I could walk into my local casino, walk directly to the high limit room, and play those hands quickly and leave. There will always be eh, New Year's Super Bowl, something like that. But generally speaking, there will always be an empty table available at $100 minimum at my local casino. Quick and easy. Let's also go back to that conversation with Gabriel. Everything I tell you is always true from a certain point of view. In this case, the point of view when I told you about my conversation with Gabriel to start this discussion left off my full reply. I thought it would have more impact here if I showed you it when we got to this point in the discussion. Gabriel said that I hadn't won enough, that he couldn't just win that small amount and leave. He needed to win more. And I did reply that if I try to use the same positive exit that I use with Blackjack, I lose more often than I win. But I think my next comment to Gabriel really drives home today's point. The next thing I told Gabriel was that the 20% exit point was that I was using was simply a test of an idea. 
that if I could consistently win 20% of my buy-in amount and leave the craps table, I would set my buy-in amount any way I wanted to and pick the amount I wanted to win for the day. Even if I needed to buy in for several thousand dollars and make wagers that are a few hundred dollars, that's very reasonable and won't draw attention at this casino. That's not going to be surprising. I'm not going to be the biggest better many, many, many times that I play at this particular property. That's the thing I'm working on right now with craps. I don't really care about the amount of money I win before I leave the craps table except as a percentage of my buy-in. Locally, the craps tables are almost always set at a $25 minimum wager. I've calculated my bankroll for the wagering strategy I'm using and I'm trying to consistently win 20% of that buy-in amount and leave. If I can do that, I can work back from my day's pay number to, to determine the bankroll and wager amounts. Honestly, that's fairly simple. I would just triple everything I'm doing right now and 20% would be a day's pay win. And it's quick. It's usually 15, 20 minutes and I'm done and I'm out. Right now, all this is just ideas, data tracking and an experimental bankroll for testing an approach to craps play. I can't prove yet if any of it actually will work and there are potential problems with both ideas. First, ideas like this only work if you have a casino very, very easily available. I think anything more than an hour drive away probably makes probably makes these mostly unusable. And certainly these techniques don't really lend themselves to vacation or travel situation. Next, the other issue, quick short play sessions will not generate much in the way of comps, status, or benefits from the casino, which are an important goal for me in trying to live a casino lifestyle. Proving these concepts would be another tool for me to use to generate revenue, but not a replacement for the other tools I've been using. Over time, we've looked at bankroll and wager size a couple of ways. We've started from the size wager you're comfortable making, or the table minimums that are offered at the casino where you're going to gamble, and calculated the bankroll needed to gamble at that level. We've also started with the amount of money you can afford to put at risk as a bankroll and worked backwards to the wager size that bankroll can support. What I'm suggesting today is another way to look at this calculation by starting with the amount of money you want to win for the table or the session or the visit and then setting your wager size such that you have a high probability of winning your exit money easily and then using that wager size and the probability of success to determine how large your bankroll needs to be. If you look at wager selection and bankroll size from this point of view, you may find that the best way to accomplish your goal financially is to increase your wager and bankroll size to make it easier to reach your positive exit number and leave in a much shorter period of time. All right, travel segment is not next. Travel segment is not next. The results segment is next. That's right, the results segment. Same data, different name. Let's find out what Segway sound T-Rex came up with for this one. As I said to open the episode, this is just a results segment. Honestly, almost purely just results. I don't even have any really amusing stories to share. As a couple, Mrs. TRG and I spent the week finishing our Christmas prep and getting ready to leave for vacation next week. I made three visits to my local casino, two based around promotions, and one based around hanging out with Gabriel. Let's get the most important thing out of the way right off the bat, right off the jump. On my first visit of the week, the binge ended. Right out of the gate, first table, I won one hand, then lost or pushed my way to a negative exit right, right from the start. It was such a quick table that I just waited for the end of the shoe and, and bought in again. I figured new cards, same as a new table. 
Must not have been. I lost seven hands in a row. I finished those two air quotes uh, tables, those one table, two shoes, having gone one win, 15 losses, and two pushes. Binge over. It was a nice binge while it lasted. As I said last episode, they all end sometime. I did win back some of what I lost at a different table, then lost a bit more. The first visit for the week was a losing visit. The second visit was the Gabriel visit with the conversation about how large a win is enough that we talked about in the previous core concept segment. I won money at a craps table, as I said, and had a mix of winning and losing blackjack tables and basically left even for the visit. I finished up with one more quick visit for the week that was purely testing my new approach to craps. Full results for the week. One winning, two losing slot machines. Nine losing, two winning blackjack tables, one winning baccarat table, and two winning craps tables. I received three parking comps, two free bets, a buffet comp, a lady's handbag from the Vanessa Williams collection, and a gift card for the local grocery store. Despite getting beat up fairly badly at most of the blackjack tables, I had a couple of nice larger wins, and the winning craps play helped keep things reasonable. For the week, I lost one and one-third days pay. Not bad. Not enough to really need to reach into the safe before we leave for Biloxi. Binges end. This is the week my most recent one ended. On to the next week. All right, let's go have some sips and hang out in the virtual VIP lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome to the most must-listen-to moment in podcasting, the Casino Combat Virtual VIP Lounge. As you know, we have the best virtual everything virtually all the time. Today's special is a locally bottled, handcrafted, artisanal, alcohol-infused root beer. I highly recommend them. Very, very excellent. Very wonderful. Of course, we have soda and pop still in sparkling water, and all the best virtual spirits that virtual money can buy. If you can only join me virtually, please do so. If you can press pause and grab something to enjoy with me, this root beer is excellent. Pour something for yourself and enjoy with me. I've said many times that one of my favorite things to do during a casino visit is to hang around in a VIP lounge with old and new friends and swap gambling stories and points of view and ideas and concepts and all those types of things. And that's what I've tried to bring you today. Charlie Frere wrote an excellent book, Casino Fun 101. A couple of days ago, he and I had a conversation, much like the kind of conversation we imagine we would have in a real-life situation sitting in a VIP lounge. Here's that conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Cheers. All right, everybody. Uh, Big, big treat today. Uh, Charlie Frere, the author of Casino Fun 101, uh, had, had some time available to join us today in the virtual VIP lounge. And what we, what we thought we'd do, everybody, is kind of take some, some things from his book and let him share a little bit more of that. And, uh, and then I'll kind of give uh, my point of view on some of those same topics, and we'll just kind of uh, see where this all goes. Uh, so, Charlie, thanks very much. Uh, as we kind of talked about, I thought maybe we'd, we'd start with uh, you sharing your, uh, your, your point of view on ATMs in casinos and, and players using ATMs in casinos. So thanks for being here. And, and how does how does your book approach that topic? Oh, that's that's great. It's so great to be to be talking to you again. By the way, so thanks for uh, you know letting us have this conversation. I think it'll be useful to uh, your listeners and my readers. So uh, that's great. Perfect. Um, yeah, it, it is. Uh, uh, it's it's a great place to start the interview because in my book. Um, I call people that go to an ATM uh, during a gambling session, uh, I call that the walk of shame. And uh, 
let me back up a bit and tell you kind of where I look from when I <clears throat> wrote my book and, and uh, where I look from when I play casino games. And that is that I'm there to have fun. I'm there to be entertained. Uh, and that's really what the driving force is behind my actions. And <clears throat> if I uh, go on a one-day trip, I, don't, I take enough cash with me that I never need to go to the ATM uh, in other words, if I went to the ATM on a one-day trip down to Foxwoods, is where I go a lot, that would mean that I had uh, exceeded the amount of money that I had budgeted for that trip. And that's why I call it the walk of shame, uh, because uh, in my book I you know, say many times that uh, if you're going to have fun, one of the things to do is to budget your money. And I know you agree with this, to budget your money, and if you lose your budgeted amount, to stop. And so that's why I call going to the ATM uh, a walk of shame. Now, if I go to uh, Las Vegas and say I'm going to be there for a week, um, I don't like to carry a lot of cash with me um, uh, up there. So I would go to the ATM, but I just don't take my ATM card with me when I go gambling. I use it between gambling sessions when I need oh, okay. to stock up for the next day. And uh, so my walk of shame specifically uh, pertains to losing the amount that you said you'd lose and then going and getting more money anyway. Oh, okay. All right. I, I yeah. see that. I, I, and, and maybe that means we're, we're, uh, we're, we're not quite as far apart as I thought because you're really kind of talking about getting off your plan as being the shameful part of it. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so what I – I always – much like you said, there's there's a limit to how much cash I want to carry, and particularly there's a limit to how much cash I want to carry if I'm not going to need it. Um, yeah. And kind of a side story, kind of a new story for, for my listeners, um, several years ago we took multiple days of money to Las Vegas with us, and, and uh, two-thirds of it, was in an envelope, in an inside pocket, behind a computer, in in a in a in a computer bag, and yeah. we get to the to the last day of the trip, and, and I say to my wife, the lovely Mrs. TRG, "Hey, um, you know we're 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 in this part of Las Vegas, and so let's kind of head back and and do a little gambling and head back toward the hotel as we head toward dinner." Mm-hmm. Because boy, if 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 we get smacked a couple more times, we're we're going to need to go grab that extra money. Now, thankfully, yeah. we yeah. didn't. We we ended up winning, and we never needed more than the money I got off the plane with in terms of going into that that book bag. Um, yeah. And as we're leaving the next day, I realize that someone had been in the book bag, had not taken the computer, had not taken the iPad, but they had taken. All the extra money. And oh they boy! Taken, they had taken all of. My wife had only taken her ID and her bank card and some cash. They had taken all of her credit cards. We were reminded the hard way that we should have used the safe in the hotel room, because yeah. Uh, yeah. apparently housekeeping had uh, had uh, decided to help themselves to some of our possessions. So, very much <laughs> based off of off of that, what I started doing is I opened a bank account that I call the cloud safe. 
because yeah. I'm away from my house. I can't get into my real safe to get previous winnings. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm I'm willing to go to an ATM when the plan calls for it and take previous winnings out of the cloud safe. Yeah, and I and I and and we're on the same page there because I don't consider it shameful to have planned that if I got to day two or day three, and 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 sometimes that's just a local trip. We'll sometimes go to to Casino One for a couple days. And I don't pull more money yeah. out of my real safe. I I know that I might not in my normal carry around money have enough, but that's okay. I have winnings in the in the cloud, if you will, uh in a bank somewhere that I can reach with the ATM card. And if I need more money on day two, I get it. Um yeah. so yeah we're uh Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think we have similar ideas. We just approach a little different, but both are are, you know, perfectly valid. I mean, another little thing about this is just uh, you know, it's embarrassing, but um I have from time to time in the past had my ATM card, lost the amount I would uh lost the amount of money I had budgeted and broke the, all my rules and went and used my ATM card. So, <laughs> well, so I, I don't think I'm the first person to ever do that, you see. So I talk about this, what I call the walk of shame. I talk about that from experience. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that's why, yeah, especially on my one-day trips, I just leave my ATM card at home. I don't need it, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're, and you're exactly, right, I yeah, I think I think anybody that's been to been to a casino more than once or twice as they're learning how to gamble, which is what your book yeah. is about, is teaching people right. how to avoid some of those mistakes we've both made. But I, we've all done that. We've all gambled through everything we said we were going to lose, and and then yes, with a bit of shame gone and and taking more money out, and generally lost that too. I imagine um, for for most games. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, if you want to take on another one from the book, um, sure. You, I, I, I think I, that I read you correctly. You, you have a system for raising wagers when you're winning at table games, but yeah. you, you don't raise your wagers based on losing. So, did I, did I get that right? And if I did get that right, kind of, what's your thinking there? Oh, great, great. Well. <clears throat> Uh, so in Casino Fun 101, uh, I really describe that there's there, there are two things that I give a label. One is a betting system, and one is a betting strategy. <clears throat> and I would like to really make that distinction uh, for everyone. Uh, these are two terms. Uh, I'm using the two terms so I can tell tell you two different uh, ways of looking at it. A betting system is something like uh, you've heard of the martingale system it's a right. it, it's a way of betting that the person betting believes they are lessening or softening the casino's mathematical edge and there are a lot of books out there that have betting systems that's you know that say you can beat the casino by doing this with your money and lowering and raising your bets at different times for different things and <clears throat> Yes, lowering and raising your bets is um, 
a good thing to do. However, it does not change the mathematical advantage that the casino has. The casino's mathematical advantage is always the same. If you're flipping a coin over heads and tails, it's always 50%. Even if you've gotten heads seven times in a row, it's still 50%. So, um, so, uh, So there's no betting system that cuts down on the mathematical advantage uh, of the game that you're playing. I use what I call a betting strategy. Now, why, and a betting strategy is when you raise or lower your bets according to a previous uh, plan, according to a previous, you know, that you've, you've decided. So, and there's hundreds and hundreds of ways to do that, and I've designed the ones that work for me However, I would not recommend that other people do exactly the way I do it. I'd recommend that people find a way of doing it that works for them. So some people like to raise their bets when they lose, and they have a strategy about doing that. Other people like to raise their bets when they win, and uh, that's a different strategy, but it's just as viable as they're both equally viable as long as you're applying them consistently. So my strategy, I'm going to just use blackjack uh, as an example, uh, which is a simple card game, as you know, where you can raise and lower your bets after each hand. And uh, at the, uh, what I do is after I win, after I win, after the dealer breaks, I raise my bets about 25 percent. After the deal, and I do that for three bets in a row. If I lose those three bets in a row, I go back down to my original bet. Um, in craps, I do a very similar thing where if I start winning, I raise my bets and I leave it up for a while. And then when I start losing, I bring it back down to where I started. And um, that's, you know, that's kind of my betting strategy that I do very consistently. And I play the people that have betting strategies that are very different than mine that work for them which is which is uh fine. So in my book I do use examples of my betting strategies, but I want to I'm so glad you're asking the question because I want to make it clear that what's important is not which betting strategy you use, it's that you use a betting strategy and that you work out what one works for you and you you feel gives you uh you know that you're comfortable with. So that that's how I'd answer that. Got it. Got it. That's Yeah. And and, and that's a I, I really like the expanded take, um, or maybe it's not an expanded take. Maybe I just didn't read as well as I should have, or absorbed oh, no, as much no as, as I yeah. as I as I as I should have. Um, because once again, we I, I thought maybe we were further apart on this, and we're finding as <laughs> you somewhat predicted before we started that we're that we're not as far apart. Um, I. Uh, <clears throat> I am I am a big believer that you know first of all yes you laid it out exactly you can you can increase your bets when you're winning you can increase your bets when you're losing um, you need to have a plan for it it can't I, I'm a firm believer that a you have to have a plan you have yeah. to stick with it those are all things you just said um, and and just randomly guessing what you're going to do next is 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 a is a path to ruin but I also believe that any if you're if you're playing to win, which is the once again that that is the one place we're different. I I I intend to make a profit at the end of each month in some fashion, and I in yeah, that context yeah. I I believe that 
any wagering plan to avoid your two terms entirely, any wagering plan <laughs> has to include raising your bet in a planned way on, based on losses and based yeah. on wins. Yeah. And so I tend to, in, in simplistic form, um, you know, one of the, one of the uh, wagering plans, that's not the word I normally use, but to keep that in context of your discussion, one of the wagering plans yeah. that I developed is based off of the martingale and based off of the yeah. idea that if you martingale three times, that's your exit point. Walk away from the table. Yes. And then yeah. combine that with, if I win two hands in a row, I go up by half. And if I win yeah. again, yeah. I go up by half again. And I never, yeah. in blackjack, it, roulette or, uh, or baccarat is different, but it's particularly in blackjack, I never go above two and a half units. Got and, it. And I... I set that I set that limit because what's the unique thing about blackjack compared to roulette and baccarat? Splits and doubles. Right, right. And I never yeah. want to get to that that <laughs> bet. But if I've got to split it three times and double it twice, I'm going. Oh man, what did I just do to my whole bankroll for the day? Because I just kept going. Yeah, off yeah. Of, you know, baccarat yeah, roulette. That's to me. You, you can keep going up by half a unit, and, and, you, and you're okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, once again, I, I, uh, I kind of mis- misread your, your sense of not, not adding money after a loss, uh, or, mm-hmm. or certainly you've given us a more nuanced look at that, a more, a more nuanced uh, approach to that. I need to bet up after I lose. Because that's the easiest way to get back to <laughs> back to having yeah. a win. Um, well, I, and, I, and that's, I, that's a smart that, that's a smart strategy. Uh, you know, again, I would call that a strategy, not a system. Uh, going back to my original definitions, I, um, you know, I think your plan. I think what I, what you're calling a plan, I would call my strategy, is very consistent. I think martingaling three times. But by the way, in case some of your listeners don't know what the martingale. I, I, I always assume people know, but it's a real simple system where uh, if you lose, say you're betting $5 and you lose, you bet on the next hand $10. And if you lose, you bet on the next hand $20. And if you lose, you bet on the next hand $40, like that. And uh, with the idea that you, you're, you're only going to lose so many in a row and then you're going to win your money back plus the original $5 profit. The, 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 the problem with that particular betting system is that it's not that unusual, believe it or not, to lose eight or nine hands in a row. Uh, I mean, I've seen, I've seen eight sevens in craps thrown in a row, eight sevens. I don't know what the odds are of that, but they're very high, but it's still, it does happen. And, and when something like that happens, you can, you lose an enormous amount of money, but that's why I think your, your plan of, you know, doing it up to three times, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and also that the thing, uh, the thing I always, I don't, this is, I'm kind of, this is not scientific what I'm going to say, but, uh, you know, there's this thing called variance. Now variance is just that <clears throat> things do not happen in the exact order that the odds are that they'll happen. So in other words, if you're flipping a coin, 
It doesn't go head, tails, heads, tails, heads, tails. It goes heads, 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 tails, tails, heads, 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 tails, 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 like that, or heads, tails, heads, tails, a little bit, and then back into a pattern. So, and those are called trends. And any betting strategy or betting plan, like you're calling what you do, what we're really trying to do is just take advantage of those uh, trends. And, um, uh, you know, th- that's why I raise my hand after when someone, when a dealer breaks. Because dealers, although, again, it's never predictable, but what in a trend, the dealer start, won't break for a long time, and then all of a sudden in the next 10 hands, they'll break six times. So, um uh, right, we that, need, we need uh, to catch you know, I'm that. I'm trying to uh, take advantage of variance, and what we're trying to do is catch the trend either up or down. Right, yeah. we want to catch positive variance and avoid the negative variance if at all possible. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, this 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 kind of last <laughs> one that I that I outlined, um, I I I just I find this fascinating, right? Because you come from the yeah. point of view of fun. I yeah. come from the point of view of profit. Right, right. You you land on to have fun, don't drink while you gamble. Yeah. So so, so maybe maybe, you know, <laughs> highlight that how how you come to the conclusion that the best way to have fun is is not to not to drink while you gamble. <laughs> well, and you know, I what I should have put in the book I guess was excessively um because I'm fine having a glass of wine or a glass of beer uh, while I play. But <clears throat> at least in my case, um, and I've seen it with a lot of people, and I know you have too, where you see people that have had a little too much to drink and they're really making just a lot of mistakes and literally just throw it, burning their money. And uh, what happens with me is when I have a little too much to drink, like I have uh, uh, a few drinks, I start not being as disciplined and not caring as much. And I start taking risks that I wouldn't ordinarily take. So um, (laughs) probably that part of the book is more written for me and advising myself than it is that the general (laughs) public, although I've seen plenty of people that should not be drinking and playing. So I didn't mean don't drink at all, but I do mean, uh, you know, manage your drinking, and some people, I mean, I was a bartender for a lot of years, and I, I can't explain it. I, I know you can't, but there are some people that can drink, 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 and they still think clearly. They still this and that. At least they appear to. And other people have, you know, one little sip and they're giddy already. So uh, that's it's kind of a personal thing, but I... I really, I, I don't, I may, I really manage that. Uh, if I want to have a drink, I wait till the end of my session, and then I have a couple drinks. Or uh, I certainly don't. If I'm going to go out and party, I don't gamble and party. I, I do Got one it. or the other. <clears throat> or well, I'll go to the one dollar table if there is such a thing anymore. <laughs> you know, I'll go to the I'll go to the cheap table where and I'll take out a hundred bucks and I'll I don't care. You know, I'm just having fun or I'm flirting with a girl or something and. You know, it's not about it's not about that anymore. It's about something else. Well, and I think, particularly from a, a one hundred and one point of view, and and, and that's and yeah. that's where you that's no, that's where you wrote from. That's the audience you wrote to. Yeah. Right. Was, yeah. Was people that didn't have that hadn't had your experience, hadn't had 
either in my experience, at least from the point of view of observing exactly what you said. People that had not right. only had a little too much to drink, they had had a lot too much to drink and and were just <laughs> completely completely being random. And so you gave the very good 101 advice, <laughs> don't drink and gamble. And, and I, That's why the book I, is Casino Fun 101, you know? <laughs> right, right, exactly. But I... Uh, <laughs> Early in the podcast process, I, I use things called um, casino wisdoms that that try yeah. to take knowledge or experiences that myself and my friends have had and then couple that with an action based off of that information. And so one of my casino wisdoms is don't drink and gamble or be well prepared to do so. For me personally, <laughs> I love it. right? So be yeah. prepared. Yeah. Be be capable of of consuming and gambling or don't do that but i personally i i regard not being able to enjoy free drinks and gamble and stay on plan as yeah, a there you go. as a weakness as a flaw i would consider myself yeah. a less than proficient gambler if I couldn't, literally in some cases, flag the waitress every time she comes by in Las Vegas or Atlantic City and, and, and get a nice cocktail and still stay on my plan. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I guess, that's how I have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's perfect, man. That's perfect. <laughs> Uh, so I just I, I just found it fascinating as I'm reading the book. I'm thinking well, he's all about fun. He's all about fun, and 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 don't don't drink where the drinks are free. How is that fun? But you <laughs> you've expanded on that and shown that you're you're seeing it, it in much the in much the same fashion, which is it's it's more fun if you also stay on your plan because I'm sure yeah. lots of yeah. people if you haven't lots of people have had that experience of waking up, checking their pockets finding the ATM slip, as we talked about at the beginning of things, and realizing they lost a whole lot more than they intended to, and they don't remember if it was fun or not. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, perfect. All right. All right. Well, this is this has been a lot of fun. Thank you again. Uh, I think my audience, from the feedback I get, really appreciates it. I know some people have uh, have gone to my website, have uh, – have gone to casinocombat.com and found your book in the in the TRG recommend section and and they you know my stats say they bought a copy of your book and they didn't return it so they obviously wanted to stay on their <laughs> stay on their shelf uh, so we 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 managed to uh, to 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 find a a, a couple of uh, new readers for Casino Fun 101 um, oh and great so, you know once again thank you very much um, uh, enjoy your holidays. And, yeah. and then maybe after the holidays, we will uh, we will pick out another few few of these and 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 see if we can do this again. If that sounds good. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. I'd love that. And happy holidays to you. And thank you for the service you provide to all the to all your listeners in terms of uh, you know giving out information and helping them get better and better so they can have more fun. Because when you get really good at this, it is really a blast. Um, uh, you know, there's just nothing. There's just nothing more exciting to me than playing adult games in casinos and uh, knowing what you're doing 
and not only having a good time, but uh, oftentimes winning some money to take home. Thanks again to Charlie Frere for spending some time with us. His book, Casino Fun 101, is linked in the TRG Recommends section of the CasinoCombat.com website. If you need to get a copy, drop by there. I've got it all set up for you. It's nice and easy. Please tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Talk to you again soon.